Welcome to Platform Church Rested Life Conversations. Platform is a young, dynamic, multidimensional church. We offer inspirational, practical, and relevant teaching that is applicable for your daily living. At Platform, our teaching is relevant to people of all ages, race, color, nationality, and of different socioeconomic backgrounds. At Platform Church, we believe that the rested life is a reality for us. For more information, visit platformchurch.co.za. Enjoy the rested life conversations. Now, here is your host, Darlington Steve. Well, let's look at the Bible this morning. And um, the Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter 12 from verse 1 to verse 17. Revelation chapter 12 from verse 1 to verse 17. That is where I am going to be praying for this morning. So I encourage you, please, I beg you. I beg you, I beg you. Uh, This month of June, one of the things that God revealed to me when I was meditating and praying for the service and praying for this very particular month just to make sure that every one of you find rest is the fact that this month of june according to the calendar of the devil i don't want to go too deep according to the calendar of the devil they've orchestrated some certain things that will begin to materialize from the month of july and so this month of judgment it has become a prophetic month for us as a platform family just to be able to set the remaining six months of this year And I pray that as you take these very particular instructions and pray accordingly, you will enjoy God like never before in the name of Jesus. And so therefore I declare that as your mouth is going to be open to pray this very particular prayer, every arrangement of the devil, every gang up of hell, every antics of the kingdom of darkness that have formulated themselves to make sure that your remaining days of this month, remaining days of this year, they look painful that you will judge them this morning in the name of Jesus. All right, with that being said, Revelation chapter 12 from verse 1 to verse 17. It's a long read. I'll be fasting my reading, then after then we go pray straight. The Bible says here, this was John giving a revelation. This was John, um, he was translated into the realm of the heavens and he was seeing some certain things and some certain mysteries that was engaged in this very particular scripture that we are going to use. And so this is what God showed John. And John now began to attest of this very particular reality. So he says here, he says, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven. Remember the statement he marked. Mark it a great wonder. He says, And a woman uh, clothed with sun, and the, and the woman was clothed with the sun, and the moon under her feet, which means that during the day her light shine, and during the night uh, there is also still a protection upon this very particular woman. So from this standpoint, we can see that this woman that John saw, this woman is already at a level of a rested life reality. She's already at a posture whereby the angels of heaven and all the, 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 the what's it called, the elements of life, they're already backing this woman. Now let's continue. It says, and upon her head, there were crowns of 12 stars. It says, and she been with, and she been with child cried, travailing in birth. And paint to be delivered. It says, and there another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven horns and ten horns. I mean, seven heads and ten horns. And seven crowns upon his head. He says, um, in verse 4, and the, the, I mean, his tail drew the top part of the stars of heaven. And did cast them into the earth. That's how beastly this very particular dragon is. And the dragon stood before the woman. Look what the dragon stood. The dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to, to deliver for to devour her child as soon as she born. 
Look at the strategic move that this very particular dragon is doing. The dragon positioned herself. I mean, the dragon positioned I mean, himself at a level where waiting for this woman for her to deliver. Now, this is the thing here for us as Christians, where many of us are already operating in a particular understanding that because you are in Christ, that doesn't mean that you won't go into crisis. No. This woman, we can see the wonder, the dexterity, the supernatural elements that are formulating themselves to back this woman's destiny. But all of a sudden, there was a dragon that was waiting. The dragon that was waiting. Why was this very particular scripture used for a woman? We all know too well that women are, women are the passage of existence of life. Women are passage. Women carries a womb. That's why they call them womb man. They carry a womb that processes stuff. And so based on that, this very particular context here, it's not just ascribed to women, women, but it's ascribed to both the male and the female species. That there are possibilities that you are about to give birth to something and yet you are in Christ and the devil will stand strategically to wait to attack. The Bible now says in verse 5, it says, and she brought forth a male child. It says, who was to rule the nation with the rod of iron and her child was caught up unto a God and to his throne. It says, the woman fled into the wilderness where she had placed prepare of God. It says that they should uh, feed her there for a thousand two hundred and three score. It says, and there was war in heaven. Because this woman is about to, this woman has given birth to something. There was war. My dear, your business, your promotion, your inheritance, your, your dominion, your rulership on planet Earth is causing a war. Because why? The devil is not happy that things must happen the way it needs to happen in your life. It now says in verse and now says here, in verse, still in verse, verse 7, sorry. He said, there was war in heaven. He said, Michael and his angel fought against this dragon, and the dragon fought against with his angel. He says, and prevailed not. He said, neither was there a place found in heaven for this very particular dragon. And the dragon was cast out, which is known as the old serpent, called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He said, he was cast out into the earth, and his angel were cast out with him. This already makes you to understand that it's not just only Lucifer that were cast. Other, other entities. The Bible says over one third of the angels followed this guy. We don't, one third there, we couldn't understand how many is one third. Let's say there are 1,000 angels, which means about 300 angels followed devil. How the guy was smart enough to create a treasonable act in heaven to be able to convince 300 angels. This devil is not a, it's not a cheap boy. He's, he's smart. Let's, let's give him he's smart. He knows how to play his game. Now let's look at verse 10 because this is where we're going to be praying. Verse 10, it says, and he had a loud voice um, in heaven. He said, now this is the salvation. He said, and strength and the kingdom. He said, our God and the power of his Christ. He said, for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which is accused them before God day and night. Which means this accuser accused us day and night. He now says, verse 11, it says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their life unto death. Therefore rejoice ye heaven that ye dwell in them which means you and I who dwells in heaven. It's a word to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath. It says that because he knoweth that he had but a short time. It says, and when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the male child. He persecuted the woman which brought forth the male child. 
He persecuted that man which is about to start the business. He persecuted that woman who is married but now currently struggling. He persecuted that lady who has been promoted to that business but yet somebody in the company is trying to have what he called an illegal access to her body. He says he persecuted the woman which was brought off of a male child. Now let's look at where it begins to get interesting. He says, and the woman were given two wings of great ego. She was given two wings, which means the ability for her to use uh, the mystery that has been given to her to fight what she needs to fight. He says that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, and where she will be nourished for a time and times uh, and half a time. He says, from the face of the serpent. Now, this is where it gets very interesting, verse 15. It says, and the serpent cast out his mouth, water as a flood after the woman. <laughs> My dear, in this kingdom, we go through troubles, trials, and temptations. But the only thing that guarantees us is the victory that has already been said. Well, guess what? You have been backed. Heaven has a backing with you. That if only you are going to engage some certain mystery, you will silence some certain trouble that is currently appearing in your life and the one that is about to come tomorrow. He now says here, that when this serpent opened his mouth, he, he, at this level, he was bringing out water. What was the water? He was trying to drown the woman. That wherever you have gone to, you would drown either you and your prophet, either you and your business, or either you and your career. So his agenda was to drown this thing. No wonder we get to send the book of John 10, 10. He said, for this idiot called the devil, he said, he comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He says, but I, Christ, I have come that you may have life and have it more, not just more, more, not just few, more, not just less, more abundantly. He now says also, let's continue in verse 16. He says, and the earth, and the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth, my dear sisters and brother, and swallowed up the floor which the dragon has cast out of her mouth. And the dragon was very angry with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which kept the commandment of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Let's be slow here. The Bible says, and the earth opened her mouth. My dear sisters and brother this morning, the earth where you are now, we are standing, it has a mouth. The earth has a mouth to either open to talk or open to swallow or open to do anything. Now, guess what happened? When the earth opened her mouth, this woman understand the mystery that I need to talk to my earth. This very particular water is coming to drown me and I've been empowered by God. I have the edges. I have the backing of the Holy Spirit. I cannot sit down and watch this water drown me and drown my future. Because this very particular dragon was looking for the woman and also looking for the child. Because the child was the future to come. And so because the future has possibility of putting him in the corner, I will fight you that you will not get to the place you need to get. All of a sudden, we now say in verse 17, that when the woman opened her mouth and all of a sudden, she commanded the earth for the earth to open his mouth and swallow the water. The Bible now says the dragon was angry. And as if that was not enough, he did not leave the woman. After leaving the woman, he goes after the woman's seed. He says, and this very particular dragon, it makes war with the remnant of her seed. My dear sisters, my dear brothers, I don't want you to be angry when you see your children misbehaving. It is because the dragons know they can't get you, but they are going to go after your children. They know they can't get your business, but they are going to go after your family. They know they can't get your health, but they are going to go after your money. Because why? They know that you are backed by heaven. And as long as you have captured this mystery, but your children has not captured it, we will stop the prosperity 
authority that guarantees for your advancement. So we are going to open our mouth this morning. We are going to pray. Quick prayer point. We are going to pray from this standpoint. My dear sisters, I beg you, you are going to declare. The Bible says that this woman opened her and she called on earth. My dear sister, you are currently in earth. My dear brother, you are currently on this planet called earth. This earth has a mouth. This earth has a mouth. This earth has a mouth. It can swallow up stuff. For you to understand how powerful this earth is. Your God needed to create man. He used it as part of the conduit to create man. There are some of you who are going to create your life also from the earth that you are standing on. You are going to create a new pattern. You are going to rearrange the next seven months of your life and say, not in my watch with this dragon called the devil and his antics. For the woman, it was water. For some of you, it can be marital delay. For some of you, it is unfruitfulness. For some of you, it is backwardness. For some of you, the fact that you are trying to find favor and nothing is showing forth. But the woman opened her mouth. You are going to declare this morning. You are going to open your mouth wherever you are. You are going to pray, Lord, every power arranging themselves to devour me. Every power arranging themselves to devour my children. Your time is up. Oh, et, et. Open your mouth and swallow the agenda. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Open your mouth and begin to declare. Rafate figato This woman understand that she is made from it. And it is bound to understand her. It is bound to agree to her commandment. She opened her mouth and she declared, Oh, it, swallow up this water. Somebody declared this morning by every power arranging themselves to devour me. Arranging them Himself to devour my children. For some of you at this very particular point, your children may be your business. It may be your husband. Divorce is knocking at your door. Or death is knocking at your door. Sickness is packing themselves. Oh, et, Rafata Finaka. Open your mouth and swallow up these things. Ratosh Pitaka Parata. I want you to open your mouth. If you can punch the earth, if you are in your house, right now i want you to lay your hand on the earth where you are and begin to speak to the earth Barata pinakota oh earth open your mouth and swallow up every power arranging themselves there are powers that have arranged themselves this month there are powers arranging themselves from july to december oh earth open your mouth swallow the agenda let the agenda be swallowed let the agenda be buried ratos pelata ratakapaneko parata the Bible says, My house shall be called the house of prayers. Open your mouth and pray. Oh, Ed, I command you over my child, the demonic people that are saying that I'm called as a Sangoma. They are saying my children is called as a Sangoma. Oh, Ed, open your mouth, swallow them up, swallow them up swallow them up they have arranged themselves to make me barren for the rest of my life oh et, open your mouth swallow them up they have arranged themselves that i will not amount to anything in this country i know i'm a foreigner but i stand by the mercy of god and the judgment throne being appointed by his grace i declare over my life darlington steve every arrangement of devils every arrangement of hell to frustrate me as a foreigner 
spirit oh earth open your mouth swallow them up in the name of Jesus somebody pray for this week I declare this week every arrangement of hell every gang up of the devil open your mouth and begin to swallow open your mouth and begin to swallow them I speak to my head powers arranging themselves to devour me arranging themselves to devour my children arranging themselves to devour my ministry I stand the Bible said we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and power wickedness in high and in low places I speak to my head begin to swallow them up begin to swallow them up begin to swallow them up I declare a mass barrier for every entity Every gang up of the devil against my life, I speak a mass barrier. This is my earth. Ratosh Efata. Mavrekatos Jenafranas. Hevekatos Jelevrenakatos Salata. Havranas Shagadeshalaha. In Jesus' name, I pray. We're going to pray the next prayer point. We're going to pray that every demonic systems, oppressions of darkness, waging war to see me wasted. There are demonic oppressions. There are gang up demonic systems. My dear, you are the one who sleep and just wake up. Because you know that yes, you have God. But there are people who, they are not sleeping because they are tired of seeing you being alive. Every demonic systems. Oppressions of darkness. This woman, thank God, you notice, she ran to the wilderness. Because she does not want this devil to come. And yet the guy showed up and sent strategies. Sent demonic systems. He said, the system the devil used here was to use water to send to the place where this woman is. That I may not know where you are because remember, the devil is not omnipresent. He just has system and strategy that can delay and keep you bound. The only omnipresent we have is God Almighty. And so because he knows I can't get the woman, I will find something that will locate the woman. There are some of you, the system is even, so, so your, your friends that are around you, they are like a monitoring spirit. When you want to do something, you want to grow in life, you just tell those people, all of a sudden things stop. Things is not going because why? They have been arranged as the water that comes out of the mouth of the dragon to make sure that your advancement cannot come to view. That your next promotion, be, be careful who you tell your business. Be careful. Ratapala. You are going to open your mouth, your prayer, second prayer point. Lord, every demonic system, Say it after me. Every demonic system, oppressions of darkness, waging war to see me wasted, oh earth, open your mouth and swallow them all. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Every demonic system, oppressions of darkness, waging war to see me wasted, your time is up. Oh earth, I command you right now, earth of my life, open your mouth and swallow them. Open your mouth and swallow them. Every water that has been sent to my part, the water can be on friendly friends. The water can be that boss hanging around 
around you, the water all of a sudden, why must it be you uh, that that lady just choose uh, to be your friend and you know there is something wrong with this girl. Oh, eat, uh, open your mouth, uh, swallow them, uh, swallow them, uh, swallow them. Uh, they've arranged themselves to waste your life. Uh, they've come around your path to drown you down. Uh, they are standing by your side, uh, cheering you to your defeat. Rapakos epata, repatos gritapata, habreneshikatoshata. I speak to my eta, rekepotwata. Every power of darkness, every demonic system in oppression that has been formed. The Bible says, No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And so, therefore, I speak to my eta. Open your mouth and swallow up their weapons, swallow up their strategies, swallow up their darkness. Let them be buried according to as they wish me. Ratosh epata, every nonsense that they have projected into the heavens concerning my life, I command it to perish. Ratosh epata, avreketosh genavranasa, avreketosh jebreikatasata, avreketosh latoske breten, ratosh genakapratasa. As you are praying that prayer, I want you to add this: power of God concerning my children. I cover them with the blood of Jesus. I cover them with the blood of Jesus. There are some of you; your children are not where you are. Your children are far. Some of them are in school. For some of you, your children are not staying with you. Maybe they are staying with your spouse. Or maybe you guys are divorced. Whatever. You are going to open your mouth. Lord, wherever my children are, I declare this morning, by the power of God, Father, oh Lord, let them be covered by the blood of Jesus. I saturate them by the blood of Jesus. I saturate them by the blood of Jesus. If your children is there in the house with you, lay hand on their head this morning. I cover you with the blood of Jesus. I cover your mind with the blood of Jesus. As you go to school, as you go to your workplace, you will not be seen by the devil. This devil that is looking for my seed, looking for my seed, to destroy my seed, to make me to make me become a widow, or to make me unfruitful. When I'm at 50, never in my watch, I silence you, devil. Open your mouth and pray for your children. Powers concerning my children. Ella Mikela Nifrim. Power concerning my children. I declare by the blood of Jesus, you will not see my children. I speak to the earth. You will not see my children. You will not see my children. Concerning my platform family and every one of you streaming, I declare this morning by the power of God and by the blood of redemption, you will not be seen. The enemy will not see you. The devil will not come near your dwelling. Every device that they've said, I stand as a prophet. I terminate thy fate. Jafaka paletosa. I terminate thy fate. Evreketos jevrata. I terminate thy fate. Abinako parata. I terminate thy fate. Evrenos shekata. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. We're going to pray one more prayer, and it's coming from the book of Numbers, chapter twenty-three. Numbers twenty-three. Evrenas afegiro shala. Ratoski vanata predoja. Anyone appointed to death, all of a sudden, just yesterday, it was, it was, it was annoying her. I've gotten this encounter, but I was like, okay, but God, what is going on? How do I arrange this? Yesterday, I just got a report. Two people that I know that are close, I know them, died mysteriously. Haba, haba. Oh boy, wickedness is real. Forget, forget. I know that you think that it is just cancer. 
Cancer is a spirit sent from the mouth of the dragon. Kapatoshita. Rekatoshata. There are some of you this morning, before I pray the next prayer, every sickness in your body begin to declare, Oh, Ed, swallow up the sickness. Swallow up the sickness. Swallow up fibroid. Swallow up cancer. Swallow up diabetes. Swallow up leukemia. Swallow up whatever the doctor call it. Open your mouth and say to your case, Jabakatiata. Every sickness, anyone under the sound of my voice, that you are under any spell of sickness, I declare this morning, sickness, be swallowed up in the name of Jesus. Be swallowed up. Let's look at Numbers chapter 23 from verse 20 to 27. Numbers 23. The Bible says here, Numbers 23, 22 to 27. Palata, my dear, this is our month of justice and judgment. Our weapons that we use, they are not carnal. These are spiritual weapons that we're using to dislodge every antics. By the time the Lord showed me this morning what, I said, what? Not, not my platform family. I can't be your prophet and watch you go through the decay and the attack of the devil. Not in my watch. I'm not called for me to bury anybody. Not called. I'm not called. I'm called for you to find rest in Christ. Not for you to not, not for me to do rest in peace. No, 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 no. I build a wall of fire round about every one of you this morning that has been appointed for death. I declare that the death be swallowed in the name of Jesus. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse. It says in Numbers chapter 23 from verse 22, it says here. It says, God brought them out of Egypt and had as it were the strength of a unicorn. He now says there, look at it, God brought them out of Egypt. But your God is not ignorance of the vices of the devil. That's why for me, when I see Christians who are beginning to think that just because you are born again, all of a sudden you have no job to do, my dear. Just because you are born again, that's more than this. You have many jobs to do because the enemy knows that, number one, you have escaped eternal damnation with him. Number two, he's going to frustrate you so that you denounce your faith and come back and join him. He will denounce your faith. He says, that's agenda, forget it. God brought them out of Egypt. They were strengthened on what you call of an unicorn. But yet, the Bible still says, surely there is no enchantment against Jacob. Which means God has an understanding that there are enchantment and spell. Neither is there any divination against Israel. He says, according to at his time, he says, shall be said of Jacob and of Israel. He said, what God had wrought. He said, Behold, the people shall rise up like a great lion and lift up himself like a young lion. He said, He shall not lie down until he eats the prey. He says, And drink the blood of the slain. Now, guess what? In verse 25, for you to see that God is not, God is not crazy. He knows what he's saying. That on this edge where we are, there are devils. There are devils. But I'm here this morning to make you understand you have the power in Christ. The power is in you. Look at verse 25. As if God know no enchantment against Jacob, neither any divination against Israel. Yesterday, my wife and I were watching one very particular movie. I what's called. Is it movie? They call it on Netflix. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's called Spell or something. I was watching the movie. I was just laughing. <laughs> I was like, okay. I was tired because I needed to go rest and prepare and to wake up early and just to make sure that I, I settle some things in the spirit. I was tired, but I just have to watch it. By the time I look at it, how this very particular woman, in the, my dear, I know that you will say that this is Af I mean, the, no, we've been, this is Africa. Africa. People can carry, they can carry a remote control. Put you, tie you there, throw you inside the river. We are talking about powers here. 
not talking about demonic incarnate. He says, for a weapon of wealth, there's no power, but they are fighting through pulling down of strongholds. They are not carnal. It's something that is strong. Those demonic, they also understand it too. They understand. I beg you, they don't do. They do. Don't be, don't live life like a wasted Christian. All of a sudden, you don't know how to generate electricity to dislodge the darkness in your life. Escom, spiritual escom is giving you low shedding, left, right, and center, and you chill. You say, no, it's not just escom. When they are ready, they will, bring, they will never be ready. I'm sorry. I'm not talking about escom, the physical one. I'm talking about the spiritual escom. They will never be ready. When the escom low shedding happened from the beginning, during the period of the consumer, till now we've not recovered from it. That's the physical one. Imagine spiritual one. Haba, haba, haba. The Bible says there, when I was watching that movie, sorry, all of a sudden, if you see how these demonic women, how they enchant, they send divination and spell that, that hold this people. See, when you watch some certain movie, don't just watch it to think that it's just a movie and entertainment. It's a spirit that is being sent to reprogram your mind. It's a spirit that is being sent. He now says in verse 25, let's go, let's go, because I need us to pray so that I can get to my message. Verse 25, Numbers 23, 25. He says, and Balak said unto Balaam. Now there are Balak and Balaam that are all ganging up against you. Their business is, I can't get you, can you, sir? I can't get you, Mamumpo. I can't get you, Sibongile. But I'm going to carry an entity, find something that looks at, and tie you down that you will not be promoted. That you will not get to the place of your destiny. That that promotion you are looking for, that new appointment will not come. My dear, you are the one that just rock up to office. You have no clue, like one of my friends said. You have no clue where people's suits have gone to. You have no clue where people, they've gone to bury their head. We live in a wicked world. Don't, don't, don't play life like, don't play life like table tennis. No. He now says here, Balak said unto Balaam. He says, neither curse them all, nor bless them all. He says, but Balak answered and said unto him, told not I thee, saying that all that the Lord speaketh that I must do, it says, and Balak said unto Balaam, ha, this is really the thing, the, the thing. When I saw this, I said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Now, Balak said unto Balaam, Balaam was a, he was God's prophet, but he has been bought by money. There are people that have gone to even meet us who are prophets. Prophet, please help me pray for this. This person is, and, and because of the money that was brought, we forget to discern spiritual things. And all of a sudden, he opened his mouth and speak. The end of Balaam was the fact he's dead. Let me just help you. He died. The prophet died. God himself killed the guy. So just because you're a prophet doesn't mean you're exempted from God's judgment. You do wrong, you find yourself six feet on the ground. Six feet straight. Now let's look at it. Verse 27. It says, and Balak said unto Balak. He said, come, I pray thee. He says, I will bring you into another place. Ha. He says, peradventure, it will please God that thou mayest cause them from that corner. I will bring you into another place. I know that, yes, they are fortified their marriage, but I will bring you into their finances. I know that, yes, they are fortified their finances, but I will bring you to check their health. I know that, yes, you fortified your health, but I will bring you. Why? The devil knows. He's like a royal lion. Looking. You are going to pray this prayer. Every spell. I want you to open your mouth and say it after me. Every spell. Every enchantment, every divination that is in operation in my life by the blood of Jesus, 
I command you right now, be swallowed up. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Every spell and enchantment, every evil divination that is in oppression in my life, ratosh epatakapa, reketosh navranata, evikatosh vrenata, abatosheketem. Every spell, every enchantment, my dear sister, you don't know who has a remote, you don't know who has a demonic mirrors that they are using to monitor your life. They know your spiritual life is not that strong. But this morning, bail yourself out. Lord, every demonic spell, every enchantment, every, every divination that has been formed against me. Lord, I stand this morning. By the blood of Jesus, I command my head, swallow the spell. I send back the spell back to the sender. I send your spell back to them. Every spell, every enchantment, every divination, every apparatus, every trees, every remote control, every mirrors that they are using to monitor my life. Every I smash those things dead and I declare, let the spell go back to the sender. Some of you, you just wake up. Your husband left you with no reason. My dear, somebody, they have given your husband some demonic corobella. They have given your husband better minadetwa. Ratos ipata. Every beggar, every corobella that is operating in my life, operating in my family, operating in my marriage, I send it back to the sender. I send it back to the sender. Your husband just wake up. Your wife just wake up and says, I want to divorce no reason every at least even though she tells you that we are growing apart that would have been better no reason all of a sudden you find that person with your best friend dating your husband dating your wife we are going to pray this final prayer upon lord any weakness in me that the devil wants to take advantage my dear, we are human beings. I understand. We have frailties. We are not 100% perfect. We are still working our way into perfection. But Lord, between now and perfection, ah, any weakness in me that the devil is using. The Bible says concerning these guys, he says, I prayed him, bring him to another place. Let's look for a weakness that we can use to attack these people. Lord, every weakness in me that the devil is using currently, to put a dislodge, to barricade me from moving forward, to stop me from sin overflow. Lord, I declare by your mercy, let them be consumed. Let Holy Ghost fire consume them. Let them die. Deliver me from them all. Open your mouth and begin to pray. This is your life we're talking about. Lord, I know that I'm not perfect. I know I'm still working this work of faith. I know I have my shortfalls. I know I have my weaknesses. I know I have things that sometimes I also don't know why I find myself here. But Lord, in the area of my weakness, I call upon the fire of the Holy Ghost. Let it burn out those weakness, number one, and destroy everyone that is using my weakness against me. Rakosh Shalaha. 
There are witnesses, they know that you are a foreigner. They know you are a Nigerian. And they will gang up and speak their language. They know you can't hear it. And yet they are planning to kill you. Lord, every witness. It can be a witness in your company. You are the only woman in that department. And all the men, they will gather and do meeting. You only know four days after, every witness is Ratos Shafata. Maybe for you, you are the only person that has rise in your business. And all of a sudden, because you have risen to a level that you don't see your mistakes. And they use your witness against you. Every witness. Every witness of the Ratosh Brata, every witness in my life that the devil is taking advantage of. Lord, I cry for mercy this morning. I cry for mercy this morning. I cry for mercy this morning. Varota Kafarata, every Natoshala, Holy Ghost fire, consume them all. Holy Ghost fire, consume them all. Consume them. Burn their altars. Burn their life. Burn their gang up. Destroy every of their thing. Lord, I'm tired of being taken advantage of. I'm tired. I'm tired. Jakapatoshilata. Mevrikatoshevreneta. Lekota tiada. Lanoshala. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. At this moment, I want you to open your mouth and say, Lord, speak to me. As your word is about to come out from your servant, Father, speak to me. Speak to me this morning. Speak to me this morning. Speak to me this morning. Let the veils that is in my eye. Father, because of this prayer, I pray, let the veils in my eye, let them tear down. Let the veils tear down. Let the veils tear down. Thank you, Father. Heavenly Father, this morning we thank you. You said in your word, my house shall be called a house of prayers. He says, upon Mount Zion there shall be deliverance and holiness. Lord, I thank you for those that you have delivered this morning. I thank you for those that you have answered this morning. I thank you for those that you have said to them this morning. I thank you for those that you are beginning to make a new mark in their life. Lord, I return all the glory for everything that you have done for everyone this morning. Lord, I say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for revealing this. Thank you for breaking the edge just to make sure that your people escape. And thank you for closing the edge that the enemy are using against us. Lord, this morning as we are about to get into your word, Holy Spirit, we hand over the service to you. Do what only you can do. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And God's people say, Amen. I hope I didn't waste your time in that very particular prayers. These are prayers that we need to pray just to make sure that we dislodge ourselves from every gang up of the devil. Every demonic incarnate and plans of the wicked that is arranging themselves to frustrate our lives. My dear, people are wicked, though. People are wicked. People are wicked. Ah, they are wicked. <laughs> they are. Yeah. Is it not the one that, 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 that smile, you know? There are those whereby if they want to smile, their teeth doesn't show. They just close mouth. You have no clue what they buried in their tongue concerning you. Please, I beg you. I think as we are about to go into the word of God, let me say this. For this month, we will not be able to do our confession because I've prayed and I'm not led by read to do our confession this month. But this is what the Holy Spirit instructs me that we all do this month. Please, I beg you every day, as you do your quiet time, hear me, every day as you do your quiet time, I know that you are a Christian. Obviously, you must do your quiet time. It's a must. It's an instruction. You must obey. You must do your quiet time. Please, I want you to put your hand on the ground and pray. Lord, I program my earth. I program it. I program the earth. I pro See, there are some of you who pray this prayer. Ah, you know, I told you this June. This June is mysterious. Though. 
It is. You pray that prayer every day. In fact, pray it until you know that you think you are expecting come to pass. With that being said, let's look at the word this morning. The Bible says in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 15, verse 4. Romans 15, verse 4. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. It says, For whatever, for whatsoever things that were written aforetimes, he said they were written for our learning. That we through faith and patience, or probably some other scripture says, that we through faith and comfort of the scripture might find hope. He says, whatever things that were written, because we are going to be looking at the Bible this morning, whatsoever things that was written, they were written at four times, which is they were not written, um, what's it called? It was not something God just come now. It has written it long ago, long ago. Imagine the one we just prayed in the book of Revelation that we just prayed this morning. It was written long ago to sort out and to know how to act. I was talking to my wife yesterday. I said, there are some certain things that I feel like doing, but uh, we, are not, we are not life. We are not, when I mean life, we are not together in one place. As an, I, know, I, know, I know what the, the investment of God upon my life and how I pray for you all daily. But I pray that God is going to give us the strength. The door will be open and we'll come together. And I want you guys to enjoy rest. I do my job. And so that you can be able to know the mysteries that are available in the kingdom to route spiritual possibilities. Easy. As in, there's no stress there. He says these are four times written for our learning. That we must learn it. And after we learn it, that through patience and comfort, we might be able to have hope. It also says in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. We all know the scripture. It says all scriptures are given by inspiration of God. And it is profitable. So which means everything that is in your Bible. One of the things that I like about God is the fact that God is a businessman. He said that thing that is written, he said it has a profit. So which means if you do good, there is a profit for the good. If you do bad, there is a profit for the bad. He says, uh, he says all scripture are given by inspiration of God. And it is profitable for doctrines, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness and so with that being said this morning the title of my message that we are going to be looking within the next couple of i think i just said one hour from now because i'm going to push within the next one hour from now the message of the title of my message is executing justice and judgment through obedience executing justice and judgment through obedience for some of you it's, it's, it's a series we started last week last week thursday we look at perspective um, for executing or enforcing justice and judgment. And one of the perspectives in which we look at is what you think. And so today also we are looking at a part two of that same perspective, which is true obedience. True obedience. As we begin to go this morning, what is obedience? What is obedience? I don't know. I just hear God said to me, <laughs> There are some of you here this morning, by the time you go out of this very particular service, hear me, I'm a prophet. By the time you go out of this very particular service, you will hear a news of death. That's the, that what you have just judged. Death has gone. They have sent the death to you, but that's your judgment. Because right now I've just seen that enemy that has been tormenting you that you don't know, you will hear a news of death today. Mark me today. And please, when it happens, send me a message. Me, I say because I, I say because I see. He says in the book of John chapter 5 verse 30, he says, I hear, I judge. I hear, that's how I talk. So please and please, when it happens, just send me a message, Pastor, it don't happen. Just say it in Nigerian grammar. It don't happen. I will know what you mean. It don't happen. So also, as we look, executing justice and judgment through obedience. 
Now, what is obedience? Let's look at a scripture now. I mean, what's called the, the layman um, definition of obedience? What is obedience? From what I gathered here, it says obedience, it means compliance with an order. It's a compliance with an order, a request, or a law, or submission to another's authority. Ah, I like the third one, the last one. But the first thing he says is a compliance, which means there is a part of you to play if you have to see justice and judgment come to pass. There is a part of you. It says obedience here, it's, with, it's compliance with an order, a request, or a law, or a submission to another man's authority. For example, when we look at the place of submission to another man's authority, we are looking at it from the standpoint of God. You want him to judge things in your life. But my question to you is how submitted are you to his authority? He is the one that, for example, like this person, I just give a prophetic word. He is the one that has sent up the angels of death to go and destroy the person who wants to destroy you. But it has to be according to his own authority, not your authority. I've said this several times without number. You don't serve God at your terms. You serve God at his terms. He's the one who employed you. You can't, you can't be employed in the company and tell that company, no, this is how I want to do my life. Well, well done. Congratulations, you receive your salary. And get shocked that you find yourself going to CCMA. And yet nothing will happen. It says there, it says it's a compliance with an order. God has given us order throughout the pages of the scriptures. He has given us requests throughout the pages of the scripture. He has given us laws and instructions. And also he has called for a submission, a place of humility to his authority. My question to you this morning as we begin to go into this very particular scripture. How totally obedient are you to the instructions and the dealings of God? How total? You want him to avenge all your enemies. But are you by yourself submitted to his own orders of things? One of the things also I want you to understand from the biblical context of what obedience means. It means to hear God's word and act accordingly. From the biblical context, to hear God's word, either you see it through the scripture, or you heard it as a message like this, or you get a divine instruction from God by himself, you must hear God's word, and act accordingly. Let me say this, no message of God does not come with instructions for his children. No message. Every message delivered from God, there is a corresponding part that you must comply to. If you want to enjoy God's blessing and miracle, you must comply to his instruction. You must comply to his instruction. It says in the book of Genesis chapter 22 verse 18. Genesis 22 verse 18. It says, and thy seed shall be, and thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed. He was talking about a man called Abraham. He says, because thou had obeyed my voice. He says, thou had, so for Abraham's seed to be blessed. There are some of you this morning from the standpoint of obedience, you will be able to route your generation to enjoy the blessings of God. You'll be able to wrap the, what's called, to wrap your, your future, your children's children's children. He says, yeah, he says, and the seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed because there was a compliance that Abraham complied. One of the things I like saying to people, we like shouting, Abraham, blessings am I. Are we willing to say Abraham compliances are also us? Abraham blessings am I. We even have the song. Abraham blessings am I. I am blessed in the morning. I am blessed in the evening. Abraham blessings am I. Before the blessing comes out, there was a compliance that Abraham complies. There was a compliance that Abraham complies. And I pray for somebody this morning, I sound of my voice, that every compliance that you need to get into, 
for you to be able to enjoy divine justice and judgment that you will find it happen for you this season in the name of Jesus. And so for us to begin to move, um, there are three ways in which we'll be able to, what's called, in which we'll be able to go through the obedience of God. Three ways. Number one, God himself. Oh yes, that is what that comes out from God himself. Number two, from his word. Which means uh, that that very particular word, as you study your Bible, that is what that come out. And number three, from his servant. From his servant. Let's look at number one, from the God point of view. Which means this is God giving you his divine will and his instruction. Divine will and his instruction. There are some of you, God has said to you, stop that very particular marketing business that you are selling, tea and sheep product and stop. Go start a cookie business. That is his instructions for your life. I know you didn't find it in the Bible, but that is what he has put in you. But my question to you is that, are you doing it? And yet you are shouting, Lord, let me get somebody that I can recommend in this multi-level marketing business. And he's looking at you, you'll be shocked. Nothing. You will buy all the tea and sheep products and yet you will not be taken to the next level that you want to see in that place because why? His divine will and instruction is the fact that you start the food business. Not for you to be telling him you want to do multi-level marketing. Just because you see your friend is currently growing in Harbor Life does not mean that your own is Harbor Life. What is his divine will and instruction for your life? Just because you find a lot of people doing these different kinds of businesses, is it your own? Is it what God has called you for? Is it if you want to enjoy God's blessings and judgment, it has to be compliance with him. It has to be a compliance with him. The ability is Psalm chapter 40 verse 8. Psalm 40 verse 8. It says, I delight to do your will, O my God. And your law is within my heart. Psalm, no wonder we get to see that David was just one phenomenal guy. That with David lifestyle, all of a sudden, after David, God said, on this throne, this throne of David, that is where Jesus will rule. Why? Because the guy understands how to align himself with the will and instructions of God. He knows how to go via, he knows how to go through compliance check. Am I complying with the wills of God? Am I complying with his instruction? Am I complying with the dictator that demands my life for you to find rest on every side? John chapter 4 verse 34. John 4 34. This was Jesus himself saying that my food is to do the will of him who has sent me and not just to do but to finish the work. My food is to do the will of God who has sent me and not just to do, but to finish the work. So which means, number one, the standpoint of God's divine will and instructions for your life. Are you complying with that? If you're not complying with that, I beg you, find yourself retracting yourself. Number two, his word. His word. The commandment of God. The commandment of God. The commandment, there are instructions that is governed in the word. Your Bible, your Bible is a Bible of instructions. It's a Bible of instructions. It says there in the book of Psalm chapter 19, Psalm 119 verse 11. Psalm 119 verse 11. It said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I have taken your word into my heart just to make sure I don't sin against you. Just to make sure I stand secure. Just to make sure that I have myself. Your word have I hid in my heart. Number one, that standpoint of God's instruction for you. When he spoke to the guy called Jeremiah, he said, before you existed on earth, I know where you are existing. And have called you. Imagine they called Jeremiah a prophet and he says, no, he wants to be a carpenter. Because selling furniture is the reigning business. You'll be so shocked how the guy will remain in that very particular captivity for the rest of his life. 
God give every one of us a will and instructions. There is a purpose of destiny that he has called you and I. But are we going to comply by that instruction? Number three this morning, his servant, his servant, which are tools for instructions. For example, this morning, I've just given you the instructions of God. Now, it is up to you for you to comply to it. Yes or no, it's your choice. I won't be able to force you. Those who are going to comply by that very particular instruction, they will get the benefit because why this is the speakings of God. He has already said to us that the remaining days of this very particular month, that every time we wake up in the morning as we pray, let's speak to our earth. Your body is formed from this earth. Everything, God, see, the mysteries of God. It is so interesting where everything that we see emanated from this very particular earth that you and I are standing on. Everything. To the point that even when what's called mortality catch up with immortality, we go back to the earth. We go back to earth. When death comes, we go back to the earth. That's how powerful the earth is. And he's saying that when you wake up in the morning, command the earth. Talk to the earth. Now, guess what? My job is to bring it because that is my compliance to him to obey that instruction. Because I wouldn't want for me to see some of you now get yourself into mess. Knowing too well that I know what you're supposed to do and yet I will hold it. Just like Balaam who refuses to use the gift that God has given him to bless or rather to cause him. He died. I don't want to die. I may not die physically. I may die from the anointing leaving me. I, I don't want that. I may die from the fact that my lamp at the heaven, that very particular lamp has been quenched. And yet my candle lamp is still standing. But yet the light is not there. Just because there is smoke does not mean there is fire. I don't want to be that kind of pastor. Never. Never. It is too expensive to live a life of luck when I know that I can be real in this business. It is painful to fake it when I know I can be real. My dear, it says in Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15 from the Amplified. It says there, I will give you a spiritual shepherd. He says, after my own heart, in the final times, he says, who will feed you with what? Knowledge. Our job is to feed you with knowledge. And also with understanding. And also with judgment. We feed you with knowledge, understanding, and judgment. That's why we take time to explain the way we explain. Just to make sure that at least you capture all that God wants you to capture this very particular season. As we begin to go into the world this morning, why is, why is obedience important to God? Why is it important to God? Let's look at five things quickly. Five things why obedience is important to God. Five things why obedience is important to God. Number one, obedience is important to God because why? We are called to obey. We are not called to bring our opinion. We are not called to bring our feelings and emotions. We are not called. We talked about it last week, Thursday. We are not called for us to sense God, see that if I can't feel it, I won't do it. We are not called for that. We are called to obey. That's what we are called. We are called to obey. Do you notice that when a manufacturer manufactures a product, that product has no right but to go to that place and perform how it has been programmed? It, it, for example, the mic I'm using currently now, this very particular mic, it has been, it has been structured. The mic has been structured. This is the mic. The mic has been structured in such a way that if I talk to this mic that you hear, imagine the mic refusing to say, I'm not going to do it. Guess what's going to happen? The mic will be disposed. The mic will be thrown away. Because why? You have refused to comply. You have refused to comply. Number one, let's look at it from our Bible here. It says, if you love me, John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, it says you will keep my commandment. So if you find yourself finding it hard to keep God's commandment, why are you finding it hard? The answer is here. Do you really love God? Because if you love God, you will keep his commandment. Number one, the reason why God wants us to be able to comply and to go with these obedient systems 
is the fact that we are called to obey. Number two is the fact that obedience is an act of worship. Obedience is an act of worship. When you find yourself obeying God, you are worshiping him. You are saying, God, regardless of my will, my feelings, my emotions, I submit myself. And obe let me say this, obedience is a portal. Some of the things we do in this kingdom, let me say this to you. They are not because we know how to pray and fast to. No. They are not because we know how to be able to pull mysteries. No. Some of the mysteries we bump in the God is based on the obedience we obey and it begins to show us some certain things. Obedience is a force, is a monument. The enemy, when they see obedience, they know. They know. Look at what happened to the seven sons of Sceva. The Bible says when they went to meet that very particular, uh, what's it called, uh, madman. And they made the madman. The madman said, Peter, I know Paul, I know who you are. Who you are. Because from the realm of the spirit, they can see that there is nothing. You are coming here to try luck. And because you are trying luck, they beat. In fact, when the guys beat, when that madman beat the seven of them, the madman looked saying, the seven of them were the one who looked mad. Because he beat them, removed their clothes, wear it upon himself. Many of us currently now, we are living a life of whereby the enemy is beating us at the gate. Because why? We refuse to obey. We refuse to obey. The reason why, for example, the scripture we read in Numbers, the reason why they, what's called Balaam was begging Balak for them to look for an angle. And they found it. Guess what? They found the angle. Because why? They refused to obey God at that place. God said to them, do not marry one of these people on this weapon club. They refused. They refused to comply. Then the enemy find entrance. Many of us right now, we've given enemy entrance into our life. Entrance into your finance. Entrance into your career. Entrance into your business. Because why? There's an angle of one aspect of his life. That you're like, no, no, I'm, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. You know, I'm not feeling it. Fast! I'm not feeling fasting, you know. Why will I just go for hungry? After all, my doctor says I should be eating every two, two hours. Really? After all, my doctor says that if I don't eat food within the next one hour, that I would I will fall sick. He said you will fall sick. He didn't say you will die. You have not seen people who fast die. I've not seen one, except they fast stupidly, obviously. If you fast stupidly, you will just kill yourself and go. Yet, you will pull the heavens on earth, but the body to carry that anointing will not be there. Number two is the fact that it's an act of worship. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. We all know that scripture. Romans 12, verse 1. I'm reading from the NLT. It says, And so, dear, brother, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your body to God because of all he has done for you. It says, Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. It said, This kind he will find acceptable. It said, This is your way to truly worship him. Obedience is an act of worship. Number three. What, what happens? I mean, why is the fact that God wants you to obey? It's the fact that in his obedience, there is reward. In his obedience, there is reward. Luke chapter 11, verse 28. Luke eleven twenty-eight. 28. It says here, Luke chapter 11, verse 28. It says here, it says, but he said, he said, ye rather, he said, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Which means when you keep the word of God, you are blessed. When you obey and you comply with covenant responsibility and covenant obedience, you are blessed. He said, blessed. This is your Jesus that is speaking it. There are some of us, the reason why our confession, our prayers, our fasting, and all sorts is not going for us at this season. Let, let me ask you, the last time God gave you instructions, did you keep that instruction? Or you are trying for you to find emotional feelings. Like, you know, my body does not do like this. It's not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. Ah, he said, blessed are those. Blessed are they that hear 
and not just here, but at least they do it. Blessed are those. Let's look at our point number four. What is again? And why God asks for us to obey. It's number four. Obedience to God proves your love for him. Obedience to God proves that you love him. First John chapter 5 from verse 2 and 3. First John chapter 5 from verse 2 and 3. The Bible here says, it says, by this we know that we love the children of God. It says, when we love God and keep his commandment. So God's standpoint of him knowing that you love him is the fact that you keep his commandment. This is, this is John himself, the one who we prayed in Revelation now. He was making us to understand that the reason, that the only way for we to know that we love God is the commandment that we keep. The commandment that we keep. He says, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandment, and his commandments are not grievous. Ah! You are the one that thinks that just ability for you, for instance, let me use finance and call, just for you to give your tithes and your offerings or sow a seed or God ask you to carry some certain particular seed and go and help your next door neighbor that is a poor person in your family. He says for his commandments are not grievous. It is not grievous. You are the one that is feeling the pain. As far as heaven is concerned, it's, a, it's an avenue for blessings. You are the one that is emotional with that thing. But as far as heaven is concerned, it's an avenue for you to be able to enjoy divine rest, rulership, and mandate on planet Earth. Divine obedience, it proves that we love God. Point number five, quickly. What is again? And why is God calling us to obey? <clears throat> it's the fact that number five, obedience to God demonstrates our faith. It demonstrates our faith. It demonstrates, if you claim that you have faith, how come you are not going with his instructions? Let's look at the book of 1 John chapter First John chapter 2 from verse 3 to 6. 1 John 2, 3 to 6. 1 John chapter 2 from verse 3 to 6. It says here, And we can be sure that we know of him if we obey his commandment. It says, if someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandment. He said that person is a liar and it is not living the truth. This is what the word of God is saying this morning. That if you claim you know God and you do not obey him, he says you are a liar, which means there is no faith found in you. There is no faith in you. He says, but those who obey God truly show how completely they love him. Truly show how completely they have faith in him. He said, this is how we know that we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their life as Jesus did. This is the scripture this morning. If you really want to show that you love God, if you really want to show that you obey him, that would also be a demonstration from your faith. If you obey God, it shows by your faith. It shows by your faith. Quickly. Let's look at some of the excuses people give in terms of obeying God. Because I just want to bring this one this morning. So after then, we'll look at the benefit of obeying God. And after then, we're going to close the service this morning. It's a very pretty simple message, but yet powerful. Simple message, but yet powerful. The reason why God put this into my spirit, I think about three weeks ago, before we even get to the month of June, he was making me clear to know that the reason why my people are not walking in line, they've left my obedience. They are doing their feelings. They are doing their ways, and yet they want my hand to be seen upon their life. It's not going to work. I'm sorry. If you want the law of South Africa to, to favor you, comply by its law. You go and do something with another, with, with, with what is not in comply of South African law, you'll be shocked. you find yourself in what's it called, one of the correctional services in this country. you find yourself there. Many of us are looking for us to enjoy rest. 
We are looking for us to enjoy favor. We are looking for us to enjoy stuff. But yet, when it comes to the compliancy part, we don't. We create excuse. Why do people have alternative to obeying God? Let's look at five reasons. Five reasons this morning. I hope it's five. We have five reasons this morning why people find alternative. Alternative. Alternative that they bring in when it comes to doing God's work. Number one is the fact that they bring family obligations. People are bringing family obligations using that as an excuse to serve God. Luke chapter 14 verse 26. Luke chapter 14 verse 26. The Bible here says, it says, anyone who wants to be my follower must first love me more than this. It says, more than your own father, your wife, your children, your brothers, your sister. Yes, he said, more than this. He said, even your own life. Otherwise, he cannot be my disciple. The reason why many are finding it very difficult to obey God is the fact that they bring family as excuses in obeying God. Haven't you seen that family will come and tell you, ah, you want to go and do this ministry team? You can't go and do this ministry team. What do you mean, Uncle? And yet we choose family against the instruction of God. One of the things in which I put here, I said the Bible is littered with instructions, like honoring your parents, obeying your husband, submitting to your wife, submitting to one another, loving your wife, looking after your children, and respecting the elderly. But we must as much as that is good, we must not use this very particular family against the voice and his instructions. We must not. We must not. Many of us, we are currently now not living according to the will of God or according to the perfect will of God because we've allowed family to take us away from the compliance instructions of God. We've allowed family to enter into the picture. And yet we wonder. We wonder. I've heard a lot of people say statements like, like you, know, you know, this very particular popular statement, you know, it is, it is God first, family second, ministry taught. For instance, those of us who are pastors, God first, family second. See, as much as that very particular thing, is a, it, 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 it's nice. It's not scriptural. It's not scriptural. I can tell you point blank, it's not scriptural. Joshua Selman once said something, I think, about a few days ago. Apostle Joshua Selman, he once said something. He said three things is important in life. Three. He said, number one, your God. Number two, your family. Number three, your assignment. The three, they are important. Number one, what is the instruction God gave you? What? He gave you an instruction, do this, do that, do this. Or you find instruction in the Bible, all of a sudden you are using your family. You are using your family for you to negate all of that very particular promises that he has put in the Bible concerning you. We also get to see in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 1, from verse, um, what's it called, 30 to 39. I know I didn't give you the scripture, Mammon Poets. Okay, it's a long read. Deuteronomy chapter 1, from verse 30 to 39. We see how the children of Israel, when they left Egypt, and they were in wilderness. Why they could not go into the promised land. When you read that scripture, you'll be so shocked. Deuteronomy chapter 1 from verse 30 to 39. You'll be so shocked that the reason why many of them, in fact, all the elders could not go to promised land was because they were using their children. They were using their family as an excuse for why they would not go. Using family as an excuse why they would not go. And God looked at it and said, okay, because you have used this family as an excuse, this family from this age upward, we go. This one down here, they die. Why? From the standpoint of obeying God. Because you choose to use family as your conduit to stand against God. We also see this in the book of Genesis chapter 20 from verse 1 to verse 7. Genesis 21 to verse 7. God, when it comes to Abraham, Abraham, thank God that Abraham at this very particular point, he did not consider his wife's advice. Obviously, we're going to look at the other ones, whether he considered his wife. But this very particular way, he did not consider his wife's advice. And all of a sudden, when he found himself in a very particular country, where King Abimelech was ruling in the land called Gera, 
all of a sudden, Abraham lied with his wife, the partner in line. <laughs> you know, so for me, I like marriage. You guys can, can, be, can, be, can partner for anything. And because it is from a pure conscience, God can still honor you too. Do you notice that God did not ask Abraham, why did you lie concerning your wife? But because Abraham was at the will of obedience to God's word. See, let me say this. Just because you are obeying God's words and direction doesn't mean that in that thing that you are obeying God, you're not going to make mistake. You make mistake. You're human. You make mistake. But when we make the mistake, we understand the love of the Father is strong. He brings us back quickly. He brings us back. Concerning that very particular scripture, we saw that Abraham lied with his wife. They, two of them agreed. They lie. That okay. And what, if I look at the scripture, it's really not lying. Because literally Abraham, um, what's he called? Sarah was his sister. Because the guy explained, I did not lie. It's my sister. Just the fact that it's my sister turned wife. <laughs> what we thank God do? Yo, imagine this our season now. Ah, <laughs> It's my sister turned wife. Turned wife. And the Bible says concerning the scripture here, that when Abraham's wife, see this is one thing I want to say when it comes to obeying God and not using your family as a standpoint. See, God loves your family so much that he will not send you to a place that your family will die. Never. He will not send you. I remember the other day my wife and I were talking and I was saying to her, and, and if, if God will call us to a particular environment, to a particular community and stuff, I trust God that God will not lead me to a place that will become my burial ground. No. He is too merciful that he will not allow my wife to become a widow because I am going to... Is he widow? 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 Yeah, because man is widow when he lost. Woman is widow. Yeah. He will not. He, he, my wife prays and he will honor. He said the expectation of the righteous cannot be cut short. So there's no way. God, as my husband is going to this community, I beg you, save him. God will honor that because why? He is also interested in family. So when Abraham finds himself in that very particular corner, guess what? The Bible says when Abimelech took off Sarah, his family took off God by himself looked at Abimelech. He said, you're a dead man. <laughs> I like God. Wait, see, when you, when, you, when you comply with God's instructions and obedience, ah, he because, because your obedience to God is building a mon monument, is building a portal, and all of a sudden, that portal begins to speak even when you are vulnerable. Abraham at this point was vulnerable, but he chooses to stand and leave his father's house and to go to a land that God will show him. And all of us, in going to that land, obviously he was making mistakes. But because of that obedience, it has built a portal. God by himself showed up in Abimelech. Say, guy, you are already a dead man. How? God, what have I done? You carry another man's wife. This guy has obeyed me to the point that you cannot. So better return the guy's wife because he's a prophet. My dear, all I pray for you is the fact that you adhere to these covenant promises, which is obeying to be able to execute justice and judgment. Luke chapter 9 from verse 59 to 62. Luke 9, 59 to 62. It says here. Now this was Jesus himself. Because Jesus also went through the whole issue of family drama. Jesus says here. He says, and he said to one another. He said, follow me. He said, but one of them says, Lord, permit me. Let me first go bury my father. He said, but he said to him, allow the dead bury their own dead now. He said, but as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. And another one says, I will follow you, Lord, but permit me to say goodbye to those at my home. Do you see family wahala? That's how we call it in Nigeria, family wahala. Do you see the wahala? But Jesus said unto him, no one put his hand to the plow and look back his feet for the kingdom of God. Jesus himself experienced family problems. Many of us, we are creating alternative to obeying God's will using family as a standpoint. Point number two, what is again, are alternatives that the enemy has brought along our line that dislodge us from obeying God's word. Number two, 
is listening to your partner or listening to your spouse. Or people like those who are married, listening to your wife or listening to your husband. Hear me and hear me well. When we talk about listening to God, we are not saying listening to God at the expense of disobeying your husband or disobeying your wife. You guys can come and reason together. But as far as you understand, see, when you guys are, that's why the Bible says to you, it says, be not equally yoked with unbeliever. The reason why is because there are some certain instructions that God will give. If both of you are not believers, you will not obey that instruction. You will not. You will not. So when God gives an instruction, be not an equally yoke. I know the guy, the guy has the money, the guy, but the guy is a Muslim. Calm down. And the guy does not, you want to convert the guy, you Holy Spirit. Chill. I know the singleness is becoming a pain in you, but calm down. Because there are instructions that will come that if you are not, if you both are not of the same faith, you will not take that very particular thing. We saw that happen to this man called, what's he called, Abraham. We saw it happen to Abraham. One of the things I want you to understand is the fact that your wife's voice is not as the same as God's voice. Your partner is not as the same as God's voice. As lovely as I love my wife, my wife knows very well. God's voice, our response. Not my, two of us, we are going straight. God's voice, my wife knows in priority. It is God first. She, my family, my assignments. God first. It is settled in our, we don't, we don't pray for that. There is something that the Lord has laid in our heart that we are currently doing. As much as I know that my wife loved me so much, but she knows that this is God's voice. My husband has, he will go. We are there now. And we are seeing God's hand upon that very particular place. It's God's first. Abraham made that very particular mistake. And all of a sudden, Genesis chapter 3 verse 17. Genesis chapter 3 verse 17 from the Living Bible. It says here, when Abraham, remember the first one, he lied, but it was an assignment. This one now, he now decided to obey his wife's voice against God's voice. Look at what happened here. The Bible says, I'm sorry, I said Abraham, Adam. The Bible says concerning Adam here. It says, since you have listened to your wife and have ate from the trees, whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, he said the ground is cursed for you. Really? God gave you an instruction. Your part is to come. That's why for me, Men, please, I beg you. Our women are tired somehow. They are tired of them playing all the whole issue of leadership, visionary. They are tired. That is not their job. It's not their job. I beg you, wake up to your responsibility. Get up. Get up. God has placed the responsibility. No Let me say this. No matter how strong a woman is, when it comes to issue of leadership, they, when it comes to issue of provision, comes to issue of supply, it is not their strength. Calm down. It is not, I know that the society is saying 50-50. Hear me. If the husband is not, things are not working well financially for him or whatever, it's understandable. But you know you have the grace and your wife is the one doing the thing. You are worse than an infidel, like the Bible calls it. You are worse. And so let me say that. I've seen a lot of men in my few days on planet Earth where they frustrate their wife under the name that no, she must obey me. And you can tell that you, the husband, you're not even obeying. You can tell. Stop that. Stop that. Stop that. Women want to be pampered. They want to be loved. They want, to, see, let me say this. A woman who loves you, no, even though you are going to a pit, she will follow you because she knows and she believes in your vision. She knows. How God give them that strength, I, mean, I don't know. Don't ask me. When we get to heaven, we'll ask God. I don't know. For me, I look at women, I say, women are Holy Spirit. They will be with you in trouble. When they walk through the fire, they will stand by you. That's women for you. That's, what, that's how I define women. Women are Holy Spirit. So if you want to fathom Holy Spirit, just be with Holy Spirit, you fathom him. But please, I beg you, man. This is me standing as your fellow comrade. 
It is high time for us to take unnecessary burdens that is not needed upon our women. Take it off them. They are they may be quiet. They are tired. I'm telling you, they are tired. Somewhere by others, they are tired. They are tired. Sometimes when you hear them tell you we grow apart, I mean, I'm not justifying divorce. Check it. There is something that you refuse to wake up to as a man in that family that made the woman says, I'm tired. There is something that you refuse. I pray for somebody this morning that all of a sudden you want to live a life as a man, but you cannot pull it off because for strange reasons, things are happening that you don't know. I break that yoke off your life in the name of Jesus. And for women who are currently now bankrolling everything and you are tired, I pray for God's grace and his wisdom to strengthen you in the name of Jesus. And for every woman who are holding their husband in this trying moment, I release the power of God to elevate you to the next level of your life. In the name of Jesus, your finances will not go down. Your strength will not abate. Your vision for excellence and dexterity will continue to shine in the name of Jesus. We saw with Adam, the problem that we are facing on planet Earth here, where the sin nature came, thank God that God, his son, came to help us destroy those things, was a man who listened to his wife. You cannot allow your wife's voice to be stronger than God's voice. You can't. You can't. And also for you, wife, if your husband is a born-again Christian, there is nothing you tell your husband. God said that he will not agree with you. He will. He will. He will agree. God said, I'm, my wife has brought stuff that she said, God said, I even work with her. When we go to those very particular places, I let her do her thing. And I'm just sitting there cheering her. Yay! My, my, I'm your number one fan. Because why? It is God said. You cannot allow your partner's voice or your spouse's voice be stronger than God's voice over your life. You'll be shocked how the ground will be caused for your sake. And you wonder, why is this? I'm not saying God is going to cause you. But because you refuse to align to the constitutional authority of heaven, it comes with a consequence. These are messages we don't preach. And all of a sudden, we think that grace is escapism for nonsense. Forgetting to understand that it's an empowerment to bail yourself out of trouble. I refuse to be a pastor that will lie to you. Refuse. 100% I refuse. Point number two. The ability for you to understand that you cannot... Many of us have using our wives, our partner, as alternative to God's voice. Genesis chapter 16, verse 2. Genesis 16, verse 2. We saw that also with the life of Abraham. Abraham was one man also who decided to listen to his wife. And the Bible says here, it says, um, And Sarah said unto Abraham, Behold now that my Lord has restrained me from bearing. So I pray thee, go into my maid, that, it, that I may obtain children by her. Guess what? Look at the last statement. And Abraham hacking to the voice of Sarah. We have not recovered from that hacking till tomorrow. We have not recovered. You know. Let me not say. You know we have not recovered. The Ishmael generation that we are still facing till tomorrow. The Al-Shabaab, the ISIS, the Boko Haram and stuff. By just hacking. Guess what? Abraham was blessed. But he's disobedient. This one disobedient. We are still feeling the pain till tomorrow. My Don't allow your partner, your spouse, voice to be stronger than God's voice. Because you may produce a seed. That all of a sudden, yet you are blessed, but that seed will remind you of your disobedience. Many of us, we have gone through some certain things that the seed of disobedience, we are currently seeing it now. We are calling for mercy. And God is saying that, no, it's going to remain like that so that you know next time, when I speak, you will obey. When I speak, you will obey. We also see, we also see in the book of Galatians chapter 1 from verse 15 and 16. Galatians 1, 15 and 16, it says here, 
But when it pleased the Father who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by grace to reveal his son in me, he says that I may preach him among the heathen immediately. He says, I confirm not with flesh and blood. This was Paul the Apostle making us understand. I did not consult with family members. Remember Paul was single. He didn't go and check his father. Guy, dad, this is what the Lord says. Should I go? He confirmed not. This is God's voice. He's stronger than spouse, stronger than family. Point number three. What is again? That we're using as alternatives to obeying God's voice. Is raising money in the name of God instead of active services for God. Raising money in the name of God instead of active services for God. Now, I'm, this very particular point, I'm going to use myself as an example. I remember years back when I was called into ministry. I knew I was called. I knew. All of a sudden, I was trying to be very smart in my dealings. And I felt the pain. I felt it. When I say I felt, I felt the pain. What happened? When I knew that the call was becoming very vocal in my life. I think I was about six years ago. That was a period of dexterity. Yeah. Six years ago. I knew. No, seven. Seven years ago, which was 20, when 2022. I think it was 2015. Yeah, 2015. I knew very well. Son, this is the time. In my mind, I said, God was blessing me. I'm very honest. God blessed me because now that was the time. God blessed me. So this is what I do. I told, uh, this is me in my head. Because many of us were doing that now. So let me help you because I also I was, I find myself there. In my head. I thought that if I can partner with God with my finance, he will forget his will concerning me. And so all of a sudden, when anybody, I know that time, if you're a man of God, you come around my space, you tell me that you don't have rental to pay, I will give. Straight. Because why? I was substituting God's voice for money. I was substituting that if I can, if I can help many men of God, if I can give seed, do all, give sacrificially, do blah, blah, all those things, God will change his mind. And yet I knew the obedience that God called me for. And guess what? When the business begin to fail, I remember one of the escapism I wanted to do was called Adara. When that thing showed me flame, the thousands of rand I invested in that thing crashed. Because why? His hand has moved from that part. He didn't ask me to use money. I want you, my son, to be actively like this. Guess what? He's calling on without repentance. But if I did not align quickly, that grace period may pass. And all of a sudden, I'll become a shadow of the real testament that God wants me to become. We saw that in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 15 from verse 18 to 23. 1 Samuel 15, 18 to 23. He says, this was when God, what's called? God sent this very particular king and for him to go and destroy, which is King Saul. For King Saul to go and destroy the land, destroy the spoil, do everything and cool. But look at what this king went to do. The Bible says, and the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go. Utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until thou art consumed. Look at what happened in verse 19. He said, when you did not obey the voice of the Lord, but swooped down upon the plunder and did evil in the sight of God. God asked him, destroy all. He destroyed what he needed to destroy, but the remaining money and stuff that he found there, he took it. God said, destroy all, not destroy some. He now says in verse 20, he says, so Saul, so, I mean, Saul said unto Samuel, yes, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and, and have done the way which, I, which the Lord has sent me and have brought Achan, the king of the Amalek, and also utterly destroyed the Amalekite. Verse 21, this is where the problem happens. He said, but the people took from the spoil, oxen, sheep, and the chiefs of the things to be utterly destroyed, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. Who sent you, Saul? Who sent you? 
destroy all. You are going there to say, no, I'm not going to obey God's voice totally, but I'm going to get money to be able to use it to bribe God. Many of us, God has called you to active evangelism for you to be able to go on the street and preach the gospel. Let the people know that Jesus is Lord. You are like, no, I'm not going to go, but I'm going to sponsor the evangelism department in my church. Is that what God said to you? Let's be honest. We are pulling this very particular. It's a standpoint. This is activation Sunday. Let's activate some certain possibility. He said to you, do this. And guess what? Look at what happened in verse 22. He says, Samuel said unto him, has the Lord, um, he said, Samuel said unto him, has the Lord as great a delight in burnt offering and sacrifice as obeying the voice of the Lord? He said, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of ram. He said, for the rebellion of sin, he said, for this is as a sin of witchcraft. So let me say this, disobeying God is equal to witchcraft. So you, when you find yourself disobeying God's instruction, it's equal to witchcraft. So before you bind every witch in your family, start from yourself. He now says here, he said, and stubbornness is as idolatry. He says, because you have rejected the word of the Lord your God, he says, he has also rejected you from being king. When we use money as a means or alternative to, to obedience of God. When we use money as alternative to fully obedience to God. Point number four quickly. What alternative that we've created when it comes to the dealings of God? Point number four is showing compassion to people. <laughs> showing compassion to people. Showing compassion to people. I want you to say this this morning. Please hear me and hear me well. No one is more compassionate than God. No one. The way God loves his people. You cannot love. Do, can you love to the point that you will allow your own child to die for that very particular person? You will not. God loves his people so well to the point that he, his only son, not the only male child, the only, only child, let me use the only child, because there's no other one. He sent, that's how compassionate God is. We see this very particular story in the book of Joshua chapter 11 from verse 22 and 23. Joshua 11, 22 and 23. I want to show you something there because that scripture is going to bless somebody. Joshua 11, 22 and 23 says here, it says, Joshua came at the end of the time and cut off the Akings, large in status, from the hill country, from Hebron, from Debiru, from Anab, and also from all the hills of Judah and the hills of countries of Israel. He said, Joshua destroyed utterly with their cities. He said, none of the Akim were left in the land of Israel. Only, I will show you three things, these three people that Joshua decided to leave. Only in Gaza, Gat, and Hagstock. He left this very particular three people. I will show you how these people become a, a problem. Become a serious problem. Become a serious problem. God asked him, destroy all. These guys, he's trying to show compassion. Destroy all. He says, no, I want to show compassion. My dear, let me say this before I give you this very particular thing. There are people who engage in different acts of compassion and feel as if they are doing God a favor. You are doing different acts. For example, one of the popular ones I'm going to use bring ye all the tight into my storehouse, which is the one tent. I've seen people who said, no, but my tight, why will I take my tight? Let me take that tight and show compassion. After I see the in the morning, I gave the tight to the poor. No, there is a portion to give to the poor, but the tight belongs to God. You cannot carry the tight and say, no, this tight is for the poor. No, it are two different things. Two different things. So because you are giving your tight to the poor, you, you get the blessing that in the days of destruction, God will answer you. Or you give your tithe to the poor. But when it comes to devourer, devouring that access, you have disobeyed that part. 
Yet you are giving to the poor, but devourer is bleeding you left, right, and center. Many of us, we are showing compassion to things that we have no business showing compassion with. Not because you are too smart than God. It's because you choose to be foolish. You choose to be foolish in his dealings and submitting yourself that it may not make sense. But this is what he says, so be it. So be it. We saw how Joshua compassion to these three cities caused him problem later. In fact, up to now, we've not recovered from those three cities. Number one, let's look at God. Remember the scripture we read. The scripture we read here. It says in verse 22, it says, And of Anakim were left in the land of the Israel, only in Gaza, Gad, and Ashdod. Let's see, look at these three things. Because I want to show you what disobedience can do. Because when God asks you to do something now, you think that, ah, God, this is playful now. Like, ah, why now? But he has seen how tomorrow looks like. He's trying to avoid you from tomorrow. God, don't do this one. Go this way. Go this way. Like, for example, the instruction we just give. When you wake up every morning, command your earth. Some of you will wake up like, what, what, what am I saying with this earth now? Then you find yourself accident, sickness, and you are wondering how. Let's look at God. Because I want to show you these three things that happen. Let's look at God. First Samuel chapter 17 verse 4. 1 Samuel 17 verse 4. For God, look at what God produced. Since he refused to kill them, look at what God produced. He says, and there went out a champion out of God, of Philistine. He says, named Goliath of God. Goliath came out of God. He says, whose king height was about this? You saw what Goliath did to the children of Israel. When Samuel, when them, what's called, this called Saul was ruling. Kill them all. You said, no, I leave them. It produces good. Many of us, because we refuse to do full obedience, we did partial obedience. We've produced a God, we've produced a Goliath that is currently tormenting our lives. We produce a Goliath that is currently fighting us. It says, of God, Goliath came from God. Now let's look at the number two. It says, of Gaza. Let's look at Gaza. Judges chapter 16, verse 1. For Gaza. He said, there went something to Gaza and saw there an harlot and went into her. Gaza produces Delilah that killed Samson. Imagine if Joshua and his team at Joshua chapter 11, they decided to wipe out all this. The children of... See, there are some certain battles we are currently going through. It is not because God wants us to go to battle. Check what you have disobeyed in time past. Go check the thing that you have disobeyed. And obey that thing quickly. Obey. The reason why this is not message, if you notice I'm not bringing any instruction of what to obey and go. You know, you know. You are a Christian. You know what the Bible is. You are reading. You are seeing it there. Of, of, of Gaza, Delilah came out that caught the hair of Samson. Many of us, we've refused to fully obey God. We've produced a Delilah that is currently cutting our hair, reducing our life, sponsoring frustration, shame, decadence, and destruction. Of Gaza, Samson get killed. And also, let's look of Asgod. Of Asgod. 1 Samuel chapter 5 from verse 1 and 2. It says, And the Philistine took the ark of God and brought it to Ebenezer unto Asgod. It says, When the Philistine took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. Of the, this, this, if they have killed these three guys, Gad, Gaza, Asgod, these three, all this scripture will not be in view. Do you see the problem they have to, the Philistines, they went to, took the ark of God. If he had wiped those things, this three will not be in view. My prayer for you this morning, that your ability to comply with heavenly instruction and stay put, God will give you that possibility in the name of Jesus. Point number five quickly. What is against the alternatives that we bring in obeying God? 
Point number five, making sacrifice which God has not asked you for. Making sacrifice which God has not asked you for. For instance, I'm going to use we as a church, for instance. If you noticed, I don't ask you to give a particular sacrificial seed and stuff. Yes, we have, there's the one we have as Platform Church. We have the one whereby it is yearly sacrifice. That is done somewhere around November, December. I know because that's God's instruction. It's, done, it's a yearly sacrifice that we do. But between now and then, obviously, if you ask me to say, okay, fine, there's this and this. At this moment, he hasn't said anything. But many of us, we are raising sacrifice that God has not asked us to do. And we wonder why our church has stopped. When I was preparing on this service, the Holy Spirit just gave me a particular revelation concerning most churches. See, I'm an apostle sent with a mandate of rest. I have grace for me to just talk about what I see in our churches. Most churches have gotten to the plateau, not because God does not want to them. They've raised an altar that God did not recognize, and that has caused a plateau in their life. They've raised altars of, see, sacrifice are potters. You don't play with that. You don't. You don't play with sacrifice. You don't. Sacrifice that was of Christ, that God, look, he turned his back. That's how delicate and how potent sacrifice is. Sacrifice that a man used, caught his own son, and God changed his mind concerning his own people to favor the people that is not his. Sacrifice. It was sacrifice that God used to put a veto power on planet Earth concerning Abraham. I don't play with sacrifice. I don't. I don't wake up and say, no, the Lord says, um, everybody, you must sacrificially bring 10,000 rand. Calm down. He didn't say that to me. When he said, I'll tell you, yes, he said it. If he hasn't said that to me, I don't. Because why? Of me, Darlington, I don't want to put platform at the at stampede. I don't want to put platform at the place where you all are walking and yet there is nothing showing in your life. No, I don't. I don't. That's why I can guarantee tell you that there is no way you hang around this commission. No way that you faithfully go with the instructions of this commission and the word of God, three months too much, you will see the hand of God. Because why? As he says, as I hear, I judge. I don't do sacrifice that are not needed. I've seen many churches. Every Sunday there must be sacrifice. Habba. 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 See, God knows that those people need the money. Now, let me talk to we pastors. Every Sunday there must be, there must be one sacrifice on another anchor, and you wonder why the church is not growing. You wonder. Habba. Habba. Bible says, follow those who through faith and patience obtain the promise. Look at fathers of faith. The likes of Bishop David Ileko, Pastor E. Adeboe, what they call Pastor Paul Adefarasi, Bishop T.D.J. Look at all those guys. Are they performing sacrifice every day? Let's, 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 let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. How do I know of this very particular scripture? Isaiah chapter 1 verse 11. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 11. Let's look at the scripture quickly. It says here. It said, to what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifice unto me? See here the Lord. He says, I am full of burnt offering, of ram, of fat, of feed, and I delight not in blood of bullock or ram or of ghost. Of what purpose is this? Indirectly, what is God asking here? Did I call for it? Many of us are using sacrifice as substitute for us, for us to obey God fully. Like, okay, because you are not going to that. Remember when I said to you, when I was doing my business, I was giving sacrificially. But guess what? All that sacrifice did, dololo, let me say the truth, nothing. It produces, no, it was a waste because I knew that I was bribing God. See, God is not mocked to. He knows your intentions. When we understand the standpoint of who God is from his vector advantage, we'll be careful how we deal with him. He's not mocked. He knows, your, he knows that you are disobeying something and you are bringing this sacrifice as a medium of escapism. And he's just looking at you. He's laughing. Ah. Ah. Calm down. Let's calm down. Let's calm down. Let's calm down. Luke chapter 21 from verse 1 to verse 4. Luke 21 from verse 1 to verse 4. 
He says, and he looked upon and saw the rich man casting their gifts into the treasury. He says, and saw a certain woman, widow, casting, the, casting entitled to might. He says, and said unto her, of truth I say unto you, that this poor widow has cast more than they all. He said, for them, he said, for these have given from their abundance in their offerings. He said, but she, out of her penury, she has cast off her living. What am I trying for you to bring here? There is a place whereby you give, what's God? There is a giving sacrificially, but to take out sacrifice all the time. Oh, of course it's needed. You can give sacrificially. It is a, now, that giving sacrificially, it is you. You just want to give. And when you give sacrificially, you are not giving because you are giving to expect something, or you are giving in obedience to something you are supposed to do, I mean, in disobedience to something you are supposed to do. No. You are giving sacrificially because I love the work of God that is doing in Platform Church. And it's because of that I give. I like the grace of God I'm currently enjoying. I believe in the grace of the man of God. And so because I give, and so because of that, you just give sacrifice. But for me to raise a sacrifice, or for you, because God says, go to Platform Church, become one of the people there, serve actively, blah, 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 all those things. You say, no, I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to give an offering of 100,000 rand. That is, that's an abomination. If God is, if, if you are doing that part, if you are thinking of doing it now, stop it. To help him, I'll tell you as a pastor, stop it. If God gave you an assignment for you to do, for example, in Platform Church, and you want to use money, as an escapism to obeying God's word, I beg you, stop it, because I promise you, you are going to raise an altar that is going to destroy you. You will raise altar that will kill you. It is possible. How do we know of that very particular altar that kills? I think in the book of Leviticus chapter 10 from verse 1 and 2. Leviticus chapter 10 from verse 1 and 2. Concerning the children of Samuel. I mean, children of Samuel. The Bible says concerning Nabab and Abihu. Leviticus chapter 10, 1 and 2. I'm trying to see if you have it on the scripture here. Leviticus chapter 10. From verse 1 and 2. I know I've jumped more scripture. Leviticus chapter 10. From verse 1 and 2. It says concerning Nabab and Abihu. It says the son of Aaron took Edom. Sorry, son of Aaron. I mean um, Aaron. I thought he's, um, what's it called? Prophet Samuel. Pardon me for that. It says concerning Nabab and Abihu. The son of Aaron. He said took Edom there of censor and put fire upon and put incense thereon and offer strange fire before the Lord which the Lord had not commanded them. So which means there is a place of God's command. If God has not commanded you for sacrifice, don't look at the consequence, verse 2. It says, and there went out from the Lord, what's called a fire that devoured them, and they died before the Lord. They died before the Lord. They died before the Lord. If God has not called you for sacrifice, if he has not called you to give anything, please and please, don't. Go with the instruction. If the instruction is to go and carry brick and join the church to build that very particular church. If the instruction is to go and preach the gospel, carry your Bible, go on the street, preach the gospel. Don't say, no, I'm going to give money in exchange of that. You will kill yourself. I promise you, you will kill yourself. You will kill yourself. Many of us currently now, we have erected strange fire that is fighting us from the standpoint of our disobedience. Thank you, beloved. From the standpoint of our disobedience. He says, I'm going to read it again so that we all read it together. Leviticus 10, 1 and 2. It says, and of Nabd, I mean Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron. Remember, they were priests. He says, took either of them his censer and put fire therein. He said, but incense thereon and offer strange fire before the Lord, which uh, he commanded them not. He says, and they went out from the Lord and devoured them and they died before the Lord. From a standpoint of wrong giving. Sacrifice that God did not call. I beg you. Bail yourself. And run from it. Bail yourself. 
if you want, if God asks you to do something, do it. Don't substitute it from giving sacrifice. I think in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, it says here, it says, and Samuel said unto what's called King Saul, he said, had the Lord delight in burnt offering and sacrifice, he said, as in obeying the voice of the Lord, he said, for it is better to obey than to sacrifice. Obey. Obey. I pray that as you do so, you will experience God's mercy upon your life in the name of Jesus. Quickly, as we begin to bring our thought to a close, what are the promises and blessings for obedience? What are the promises and blessings for obedience? Number one, there are three, there are many ways, sorry, you can be blessed in this kingdom. There are many ways you can be blessed in this kingdom. And um, we have what you called few ways I'm going to show you just now. One of the ways is the fact that being born into a blessed family. Being born into a blessed family. If you are a born again child of God, you are, you are wrapped up for being blessed. You are already a conduit of being blessed. First John chapter 5 verse 4. He says, for whosoever is born of God, he says overcome. So there is a blessing that, that comes by just being born into a blessed family. If you are a born again child of God, you are born into a blessed family. There is an inheritance that is accorded to you by just being part of the family. John chapter 3 verse 3. He said, truly I tell you, he says, no one can see the kingdom unless he's born again. The kingdom talks about God's system. It talks about the glory of God. It talks about the fullness of who God is. So for you to be able to enjoy that is the fact that you must be born into a blessed family. How else, again, do you also participate of being blessed? For example, you can be associated with people who are blessed. When you associate yourself with people who are blessed, for instance, when you associate yourself with pastors that you know that are blessed, and not just only pastors, you've seen people whereby God has helped them. You can see the finger of God upon their life. By hanging around them, you also will partake of the blessing. We see that in the book of Psalm chapter one, one, Psalm 133, from verse 1 and 2. Psalm 133 and 2 was talking about the oil that flows from Aaron down to his beard and even down to the skirt of his garment. You know, there's a popular saying that when you hang around the barber shop for too long, one day it's either you learn how to cut a hair or you will get free hair cut from hanging around. So be, being associated with blessed people guarantees you for blessing. And number three there, being obedient to God. When you are obedient to God, now, you see this obedience because our, anchors, our talk this morning is about obedience. Your obedience to God, you determine how far you go. Your obedience. See, obedience is like a blank check that God gives you. He says, write it by yourself. But it's coming from a check called obedience. Write it. Obedience is God's check to you. Say, write it. If you obey, fine. If you don't obey, the check is in your hand. But write it. Write it yourself. And so based on that, what are the promises for obedience? What are the blessings for obedience? Number one, quickly, we'll be fast on this because my time is really running out. Number one is the fact that from your standpoint, remember we're looking at it, being obedient to God. What are the blessings of being obedient to God? Number one is the fact that you will become a peculiar treasure. You become a peculiar treasure. You are a peculiar treasure. Exodus chapter 19. Exodus chapter 19. Exodus chapter 19 from verse 5. It says, Now therefore... If ye will obey my voice indeed, listen to that scripture, and keep my commandment, he said, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. He said, for the earth is mine. For the, remember the earth we pray, he said, is God. He said, but for you to be able to devour, for you to be able to grow, for you to be able to be above, 
He said, only be on a standpoint of if you obey indeed. Which means the indeed there means you obey fully, not partially, not creating alternatives. He says in the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. He said, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a special person. He now says that you may proclaim the praise of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Verse 10 now says something that is very interesting. He said, who once was not the people, but now are the people. He said, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. If you have obtained the mercy of God, now it's your part for you to now be obedient so that you become a peculiar treasure. You can be a peculiar treasure. Many of us are claiming peculiarity, but we are not obeying what guarantees of peculiarity. We are confessing and what you call meditating on peculiarity. But it says, if you obey my voice, that you will become a peculiar treasure. Point number two, quickly. Benefit of obeying God is the fact that it will be well with you and your children. It will be well with you and your children. We saw it in the book of Genesis that we read in the book of Genesis 22, that when Abraham obeyed God, all of a sudden his generation, that you and I currently spiritual sons and daughters, we are blessed. So as much as we keep obeying, we keep getting blessed. As much as we keep obeying, we keep getting blessed. Because why? It is his responsibility for him to bless when we adhere to his instruction. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 29. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 29. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 29, I'm on point number 2. It says, uh, Oh, that there were such at heart in them. He said that they will fear me and keep all my commandment. He said that it might be well with them and with their children. He says, Oh, that they will fear me and keep me in their heart. He says, and keep all my commandment that it may be well. There are some of us who are struggling unnecessarily that is not needed because we refuse that when we keep the commandment and obey, and obey his instruction, it guarantees that it will be well with us and be well with our children. Point number three. What else again is the benefit when we obey God? It's the fact that your days will be lengthened. Your days will be lengthened. It's like saying your days will be long on earth. Many of us will die unnecessary death. It may not be physical death. We die unnecessary death in our finances. Die unnecessary death in our career. Die unnecessary death in our spiritual life. Because why? We have refused to obey God's commandment. 1 Kings 3, verse 14. 1 Kings 3, 14. It says, If thou will walk in my ways to keep my status and my commandment. It says, As the fire that David walk, it says, I will lengthen thy days. This is God speaking to Solomon. Solomon, if you will keep my commandment as your father, David. Do you notice that David fought all? David was one king that fought battles for 40 years plus. But guess what? He died at a very good old age. It was when it was time for him to die, he died. He didn't die just because he went to the bullet and they shot him. No, check the Bible, he wasn't shot. He died at a good old age, straight. Died at a good old age. Died at a good old age. Because why? And based on that, I mean, because he was obedient to God. And God was saying to him, now that you are sitting here, Solomon, as your father obey, obey. And as Solomon was obeying, guess what? Solomon was grandeur. Solomon was living a big boy life. He was doing business and chilling with the big boys, if you want to say that statement. To the point that, when you look at the Bible, for example, when you look at Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Songs of Solomon, 
Those are three dispensations of Solomon's life. When Solomon was doing, following God's will, and he was good at it, you can see the wisdom and dexterity that he used in writing Proverbs. He was giving us wisdom, ability for you to grow, what to do. You can see the days of Solomon when he was complying by the things of God. You can find it in Proverbs. But when the heart of Solomon was being taken by women, you can see it in Songs of Solomon. All of a sudden, he was now, you can tell, look, this guy is in love. He wrote a whole Songs of Solomon for women. That guy called Solomon. But when life began to give him beat down, he wrote, Ecclesiastes is the pain of Solomon. That's why you hear him tell you vanity upon vanity. All is vanity. Why? Because why? He has left the works and the dealings of God. He left it. He left it. He said, your days will be lengthened. Your days will be lengthened. Exodus chapter 20 verse 12. He says, honor your father and your mother. Honor your father and your mother. Thy days that it may be well with you. And so that your days may be long upon the earth which the Lord has given thee. Many of us, God has given us the earth. But obedience has shortened the head for us. Point number four quickly. What is again is the benefit? Is the fact that you will be blessed in your undertaking. You'll be blessed in your undertaking. I'm going to be a bit fast now. You'll be blessed in your undertaking. James chapter 1 verse 25. He said, but whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue daring, not you stop. Whosoever look into the perfect law of liberty and continue daring, he says, he being not forgetful here, but doers of that instruction. He said, the man shall be blessed indeed. The man shall be blessed indeed. He says, but whosoever look, not just look, you engage and you don't forget. He said, blessing is guaranteed. It also says in the book of John chapter 8 verse 32. He says, and ye shall know the truth and the truth make you free. It makes the truth you engage makes, not the truth you know, but the truth you engage, the one you put your heart to do, guarantees of your freedom. John chapter 13 verse 17. John 13 verse 17. It says here, if you know these things, it says you are blessed if you do them. You want to be blessed? Do. Obey God. If you know, then do. Many of us are claiming we know. If we know, we'll see by your doing. Point number five. Access to the tree of life. We then have access to the tree of life. You want to be able to execute justice and judgment? This are, I'm giving you mysteries of obedience, what he does. There's some certain obedience you do. You go sleep. You don't bother praying. I remember one time we had one, one, one encounter in the house where there's this very particular lady that we're praying. She, was, she, she, was, she, was, she, she had an encounter with the devil. That's all I can say. And, and all of a sudden, by the time we're praying, administering deliverance to this very particular lady, she was Zangoma. Deliverance, and, um, what's called this very particular lady. The devil came to meet me. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I was hearing noise in the house. What the hell is this now? I came outside. Ah, The house was scattered. I said, okay. I looked. This is what I said, honestly. I said, you spirits, say yes. You will not scatter this house and I will repair it. Then. You, will you will repair this house back. I went back and sleep. Went back in the morning, the house was repaired back. Why? I obey God. I didn't, I didn't rock up. The guy was coming to check me if I'm going to be. I told you, see, the house was scattered. You repair it back. I went back to sleep straight. I think my wife was there. I think she was in, my wife was in P. No, Grimstown. I called her. I said, see what happened and stuff. She's like, what? You know, sometimes there's nothing I can't tell my wife. She's like, woo, that's you and God. Leave me alone. 
I don't arrange it. No, it ain't going to happen. Sometimes I'll be praying, I'll be hearing brrr, 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 some nice conversation. Say, when you guys say, doctor, hey, keep quiet. Ah. Because why? My obedience has formed a portal that when I speak, they know. They know. Says you'll be blessed in your undertaking. I mean, it gives you access to the tree of life. Revelation chapter 22, verse 14. Yo, my time is fast gone. Revelation chapter 22, verse 14. Revelation 22, verse 14. It says, blessed are they that do his commandment, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and they may enter into the gate of the city. Your, your ability to obey God gives you access to the tree of life. It gives you access to the tree of life. Point number six, quickly. Your ability to obey God, what does it do? It's the fact that you are blessed with good health. You are blessed with good health. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. It says, if you obey my commandment and keep my status, he said, I will put none of these diseases upon thee. He says, for which I have brought upon the Egyptians. He said, for I am the Lord that healed you. I am the Lord. He says in Exodus 23, 25. Exodus 23, 25. It says here also, it makes us understand. It says, so you shall serve the Lord, which means your ability for you to obey the Lord your God. And he will bless your water and your bread. And he will take sickness away from you. Point number seven quickly. My time is really running out. Point number seven quickly. What is again? happens as benefit is the fact that you are blessed with increase. You are blessed with increase. Deuteronomy chapter 30 from verse 16. Deuteronomy 30, 16. It says, In that I have commanded thee this day to love the Lord thy God and to walk in his ways and to keep his commandment and his statutes and his judgment. Which means whatever God has judged. If God judged some certain things, don't go and unjudge it. Calm down. He says that thou mayest live and multiply, and the Lord shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess. But it must come from a standpoint of being, and what's it called, obedient. Mm. My time is running out. One scripture that I want to put as I begin to bring it to a close. I think maybe on next week Thursday I'm going to finish this, but I want to put one scripture to just bring this very particular thought to a close. Deuteronomy chapter 28, 1 to 13. Deuteronomy 28, 1 to 13, it says... It tells us the promises of God that will happen if we diligently obey. It says, it shall come to pass if you shall obey and diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord and observe to do all that he has commanded you. It says this day, it said, the Lord will set thee on high above all nations. He will set you on high. What are the levels of setting you on high from verse 3 to verse 13? About 10 promises of obeying his commandment. We'll get that into next week, Thursday. I just want to pause and make sure I finish. But we're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray simple prayer. We're going to ask the Lord, Lord, grace to be obedient. Wherever you are right now, just open your mouth because I have two minutes for me to finish service. Grace to be obedient. We'll continue next week, Thursday. Lord, grace to be obedient. Lord, let me, O oh Lord, fall into that hand. The grace to be obedient. Let me fall into that grace. I'm tired of living a life of the devil beating me at a game that I know that I want your blessing, but I refuse to abide by your instruction. I want to be financially rich, but I refuse to adhere to your financial prosperity law. I want to be maritally settled, but yet I'm hanging around unequally with unbelievers. I want all this, but yes, ask and cry, God, grace. Grace to be obedient. Grace to be obedient. Grace to be obedient. As you're praying that, you're also going to say, ask this one, say, Lord, power fighting me out of my blessings of obedience. Every powers that are fighting me out of my blessings of obedience be destroyed this morning. Be destroyed this morning. Lord, I want to be obedient. I want to be obedient. 
and also pray and say, Lord, the discipline to follow through with your law. Help me. The discipline to follow through. Lord, every instructions, either from God, from your will, from your prophets, Lord, from this 300, every the discipline to follow through. Because now I have seen that there is blessing in obedience. Lord, let me have that discipline. Let me be baptized with that discipline. Let me be disciplined. It may not go according to my feelings, but as long as your word has said it, I will go through with it. As long as you have declared it, I will go through with it. Open your mouth and begin to pray. As you are praying that very particular prayer, quickly because my time is fast gone. If you know this morning that you don't know Jesus, maybe for you, you are seeing the blessings of obedience. No matter how much you want to obey these instructions that we're talking about, but if you don't have, you are not born into the family, this benefit of obeying God is not your reality. It's not your reality. You must be born into the family. And for you who says, okay, because of one thing happened, you've negated the obedience of God, and you are far like the prodigal son. Others, just be praying your prayer. I want to address this once. Just keep praying and say, Lord, baptize me. For those of you, just pray and begin to speak to your earth. Lord, from a standpoint of my obedience this morning, I declare on my earth. For this second group of people, you know that you have left the faith. Things happen. Obviously, they do happen. You made mistake. You have caught corners, and yet now you are feeling the pain. It is time to come back home. It's time to come back home. And if you are these two people, you want to know Jesus, or maybe for you, you just want to come back home. Say, Lord, I'm tired of being out there. I want you to make this confession after me. Say this after me, Lord Jesus. I come to you today knowing fully well of my limitations. Knowing fully well that I cannot save myself. I accept the sacrifice of Jesus that has been done on the cross for my sake. I confess in my heart. Sorry, I confess with my mouth. And I believe in my heart that you rose from the grave on the third day for my justification. Lord, be my God. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I walk in your precept and principle for today. As I come back home, the blessings of obedience becomes my reward. Thank you for saving me. And thank you for accepting me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Quickly, let me pray for you. Father, I pray for these ones this morning that have made their confession. They've come and said they want you again, Lord. Lord, I ask that the blessing of obeying this very particular first step, obeying for being born again, Lord, I declare that their life become brand new in the name of Jesus. I speak to their life right now that every place that the devil has taken an edge to beat you because of disobedience, I declare right now that that place is be turned to good in the name of Jesus. I declare you blessed. I declare you blessed that your salvation today, the enemy will not snatch it from you in the name of Jesus. Lord, this morning, oh Lord, I come before you bringing all your sons and your daughters this morning scattered across the nations of the earth that have touched this service of obedience to execute justice and judgment. Lord, I pray for everyone this morning as they have echoed their concerns before you. I declare that every forces of the devil that has taken them away from obeying you, Lord, those forces be broken in the name of Jesus. I declare upon your life that the grace for obedience be given to you. The grace for obedience be given to you. In the name of Jesus, I speak upon you that the spirit for you to be disciplined 
in obeying all the instructions of God that guarantees for justice and executions, I declare that they release upon you now in the name of Jesus. I declare that as you begin to obey God diligently, starting from today, that between now and the next 21 days, you will see manifestation in the name of Jesus. That sister this morning that the Lord has told you to do this, that you have not done it. I hear God's grace says mercy has been routed for you. I declare upon your life as you go back and do all that God has instructed you. In 21 days, you will see manifestations in the name of Jesus. I release you into a life of limitless. I release you into a life of abundance. I release you into a life of prosperity. I release you into a life of fruitfulness. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for them this morning as joining my faith to touch any concerns of their hearts. Lord, whatever the concerns is, this week, meet their concerns in the name of Jesus. I declare that from today onward, you will be above only. You will experience the blessings of God that make rich and add no sorrow. Your family and your children are protected from the devourers that waste in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because I know that this is done. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And God's people say, Amen. That's all we have for today. But be sure to continue listening to the Rested Life Conversations. At Platform Church, we are all about simplifying the process, providing solutions, and creating realities for you. If this message has blessed you and you want to be a blessing by supporting this ministry, please visit platformchurch.co.za. Platform Church, family of rest.